My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway, and this is Like Dragon Like Sun. A father-son podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. The world's greatest role-playing game. Self-proclaimed, I feel. Like, did they get that officialized, or did they just, did they just say that one day? Yeah. Look, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Although, I would argue it's they, hard for somebody else to take that title. World's greatest father-son D&D podcast. It is. We are the world's greatest father-son D&D podcast. Two generations, uh, two different perspectives talking about D&D. And today we are continuing our tour. This is part two of the Outer Plains. So if you haven't heard part one yet, we went and did all the happy, fun, cool plains Mm. and their borderlands mini towns. Uh, If you want to stop and like get a little wee taste of them Mm. uh, next time you're happening through sigil um and if you want to know what all that means and you have no idea what we're talking about please do watch the first part um yeah or listen or listen to it well i suppose watching it's really boring watching it may be boring yeah um yeah. but listening uh yeah have a listen because uh, we're going to pick up now on the bottom half of the wheel where, That's things, right, where get, things get a little interesting a little spicy yeah uh so i think we're going to kick off with uh limbo yeah, that's sort of where we ended our wheel last time. And it's, you know what, the, the, the border town for this one is Kuki. Is it called Kuki? No. Oh, well, that would be so hilarious could if it's be. called Kuki. Uh, it's, it's, it's spelled X-A-O-S. But so Elon Musk's new kid. Yeah, but here's the crazy thing. Supposedly, its pronunciation changes all the time because limbo is all about chaos and random yeah right so the chaos part here is supposed to be like x a o s is sort of like like chaos like x is sort of random right a o s so sometimes the place is pronounced chaos sometimes it's like mixed up letters or make it pronounced saxo or other times it's oxa or sometimes they call it a socks that's dumb and it's like it, it it changes around depending who you're talking to, but it, also who you're talking to changes all the time as well, right? And yeah. depending what time it is, which you're never sure because the time is always like different. Um, either everyone's in charge or nobody's in charge, or somebody completely different is in charge. Yeah. Um, and and this place is just it's just the if you like if you love random chaotic crazy. Uh, this is the place to go. Yeah. This has got one of my favorite write-ups in the game for a place uh, in the DMG Chapter 2. Uh, so do you mind if I read it to you yeah, quickly? Yeah, yeah, go on. Limbo is a plane of pure chaos, a roiling soup of impermanent matter and energy. Stone melts into water that freezes into metal, then turns into diamond that burns up into a smoke that becomes snow, and on and on in an endless, unpredictable process of change. Isn't that pretty cool? It is kind of cool. Uh, you know, you, this is definitely in the border town. Like, you will find human, humanoids, you know, sort of people here for sure. But mm. only the type that, you know, are okay with the twists and turns of an ever-shifting reality. Yeah. Um, 
these are people who kind of like you know you you have to have characters that really sort of thrive on things and i think maybe like for people with like really short attention spans um that this this place would be super fun because just just when you think you're just about getting a little bit bored of, of what was going on it's now different mm. um so it's i sort of feel like it's like a circus of of just you know ongoing like insanity you never, and you're never quite sure what the next thing's going to come out or back around or what sort of act is going on or the fact you might be in the next act or you know just crazy stuff going on all the time but it doesn't in my mind at the same time feel like a place that's definitely threatening right that well it, it's a it, little threatening in the fact that things are always changing and any yeah, moment I mean, you if, swept if up change, and killed if change scares you this is a bad place yeah the fun thing about this, though, one, no gravity, and they walk by merely thinking of the desired direction of travel, which is kind of fun. Secondly, it conforms to the will of the creatures inhabiting it. So, pretty much everyone here has some control over what happens in Limbo. Very disciplined and powerful minds, like perhaps some cool wizards, can create whole islands of their own invention within the plane, sometimes maintaining those places for years. A simple-minded creature, such as a fish, though, might have less than a minute before the pocket of water surrounding it freezes, vanishes, or turns to glass. A couple things that come from here. Slotty. Yeah. This is their home. There's a lot of them They have, like, nodes here. or whatever, which they're born from here. Yeah. And also, uh, also, uh, also uh, Gith Zerai monks built entire monasteries with their mind here, which, of course, they're, since they're so, you know, all about psionics and mind stuff, can maintain those palaces for a very long time. Which is quite cool. And that's actually within the optional rule itself, if we want to get into that a little bit. Is there anything else you want to... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like that the, the border town on this one um, would probably be like likewise where, you know, gravity's optional. Yeah. Like you can, you can move around and like it would be a bit of like an Escher painting or something as well. Like mm. some cafes that you like, you know, come to would have like, like the chairs and things would be like on the side of things. And at first, that'd be like unsettling until you're like, oh, I can just step up here and sit down. And, and, but it'd also be a little bit of like a gambling experience too. Cause like choosing like something on the menu, like the price on it would like always be kind of like fluctuating and changing. So it would kind of be like, if I can just nail this just right, I can get it at like a cheap price. <laughs> um, but you know, things are moving around a lot. It's definitely, um, you make the restaurant here, like with your mind, you'd make the restaurant and the food and it's not quite right. And by the time it's in your mouth, it's all like turning into dust and then something maybe, else. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I think if, if you were on the plane itself, it could get quite extreme, but I think in the border town of it, because the way the border towns are supposed to be, the gate towns supposed to be working is that there's supposed to be a place where people can stop and interact with each other a bit. So I would dial back like the extremeness of the chaos in it, but that, yeah, those with powerful minds, are capable of shaping reality here um, quite a bit. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of a, um, oh, what was that? That movie with uh, going inside things, inside things. Inception? Inception. And you could like, those who were really good at building could like kind of like shape the, mm. the world to curve around and stuff. You were really powerful. You could like kind of bend the town and things. But you're right. If you were running a shop, a restaurant here, you'd have to have a powerful enough mind to make your restaurant stay yeah and it wouldn't be as powerful of mind as you'd need for doing it right in limbo itself but in this little border town of limbo um you'd still need 
you still need to focus to sort of keep your restaurant from becoming a hair salon. Yeah. I uh, The thing about this, though, Limbo typically has me imagining, especially in the whole idea of Dante's Inferno, Dante's, you know, whatever, right? There's the Limbo bit, which is kind of in between, where it's like all gray nothing, right? But this is the opposite of gray nothing. This is gray everything. This is chaos. This, this is, is rainbow nightmare, you know? Yeah, it, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not malicious, though. There's no, like, yeah. malicious nature to any of this, besides some of the slot, obviously. But it's not, but, like, extreme like Faye is, like, where you've got, like, the radical emotions sort of vibe to it. It's almost pointless. And it, it's, like, Yeah, it, it's a bit of an, It's a bit nothing like maybe you suddenly find yourself in a Salvador Dali painting, right? Mm. And you're just sitting there, and Things the clocks are melting, are melting and, and the yeah. elephant's legs are getting long, and you're like, am I tripping? What's going on? Yeah. What's real? And this is why I think the closest you want to get to it is XASO Border Town. I think being in limbo itself would do your head in it would be a, yeah. uh, unless and, you're and very think, intelligent and i think Perhaps as, a very and nice slotty, wizard would like and to slotty are are tough tough yeah. characters as well they're they brutal they exactly if they decide that you're unwelcome there um you better get yeah. out of there real quick you don't want to be dealing with that yeah or unless they've brought you there to lay eggs inside you yeah that's also not very nice though that's like one of the grossest things in D. yeah definitely by scratching you they do it though it's like by scratching that it happened. It's it's like zombieism, but parasitic and weird. Blech. But the optional rule here is the power of the mind. This one's one of the more complex ones, but as an action, a creature on limbo. So on this plane, there's a special action which every creature can take. Um, and I'm, I'm there might be fun like if you were to make a campaign setting here, like rogues could like bonus action, power of mind. You know, like a psionic rogue could maybe have a special you know rule for this whereas a bonus action they can you know manipulate stuff on this plane just an idea uh, a creature can make an intelligence check to mentally move an object on the plane that it can see within 30 feet of it the dc depends on the object size imagine you know five tiny ten small increases by five for every nice size it's an intelligence check and 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 not I, wisdom or exactly charisma or i would even say that also like intelligent saves and things would be your way of keeping your sandwich from becoming butterflies yeah mm. On a successful, or like a, maybe like a DC check against the plane itself, you know? Or something, yeah. Uh, on a successful check, the creature moves the object five feet plus one foot every point which they beat the DC. So, so you could a little a finicky. And, and it might be a place then that, that rogues uh, would... Really excel. Yeah, not know? be so upset about visiting, you know? They'd be like, oh, this is this place. I like this place. This place not is fun. Yeah. Especially if you got a little chaos chaos crew vibe going on. Well, your barbarian like, is going to have a hard time getting a grasp on anything here. Yeah, it's just... They just get so angry they start hitting everything with them. Yeah. It's like... Uh, Another fun thing is you can use your action to make an intelligence check to alter a non-magical object that isn't being, of course, worn or carried. Um, the same rules apply for distances and the DCs based on the object's size, but on a success, the creature can change the object into another non-living form of the same size. Yeah, and Anything. And in the border town, that might be slightly reduced, so instead of changing the whole object, you're just changing the price of it on the menu. Right. You could, But you could bring like a lump of coal of and turn it into diamond that, like that, uh, yeah it was just uh through the w will of mind you can change the price of a of an object in a store or the you know nature of a of a contract or i don't know it could be a, an interesting sort of place to you know for a, a den of thieves to operate yeah i would put a cap though that if you leave the plane like you can't you know the the changes you know don't stick you know 
they revert back to what they originally were. That only oh, in this limbo Oh, so you're thinking if plane. you were in limbo itself. you can't itself. do get quick rich, you know. So if you went into limbo, get rich, powerful mind, speed. change, turn your, your, you know, fighter's plate mail armor into adamantium armor. Right, or mithril. Mithril even. plus two. And right, well, magic the... is a little hard to okay. induce, but, but material, material wise, wise, a transmuter wizard. This is their favorite place. You know, if you yeah, good wizards, good intelligence score. You'd think this place would be like you know, hey, what want to transform lead into gold? Mm, Great, go let's for do it. it here. Yeah, philosophers, you know, island. Yeah, I like it a lot. Finally, this is the final one th- of three things which you can do. Not only can you manipulate things with like psionic telekinesis type stuff, or alter the like it entirely. You can also use an action to make an intelligent uh, intelligence check to stabilize a spherical area centered on yourself. Again, the DC depends on the radius. Uh, DC 5 for 10-foot sphere and additional 10 feet added for each increase of DC 5. On a success, uh, the creature prevents the area from being altered by the plane for the next 24 hours or until the creature uses this ability again. But it's pretty easy. That's not too hard. You know, around yourself, you can center it so that your the blood in your body doesn't boil into fire, you know, um, if your DM wants to be that mean. Um, or that so all your items don't turn to, you know, mud instantly you know fun idea that is kind of limbo moving on to pandemonium this is a little bit like limbo less chaotic you can do anything you want but a little bit more i'm out to kill you yeah i mean this is where we literally get into starting usually when people describe it was pure pandemonium it's not a good no thing you know this is chaotic Um, neutral slash chaotic evil it's the plane of madness and it's it's border gate town is called Bedlam. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good name. And it leads to the windswept depths of pandemonium. But yeah, this is no longer open space or like things. It's dark uh, tunnels that go on forever fans, with howling winds. Wasn't not the search for Grog mm. in pandemonium? Yeah. This is always for me, I don't know, if you ever played Kingdom Rush Origins, I imagine the the sky, you know, floating islands is pandemonium but this is quite literally the opposite it's dark tunnels that go on forever that eventually come into like open like city yeah, spire places like but the wind just howls and like and screams hits, at you constantly yeah, and just it hits you with you mad. Like, like small dust particles and things it's just really really a pain to move around in it is cold noisy dark no light um except you know and any wind quickly extinguishes non-magical open flames so you better have like a light cantrip with you if you want to be able to see anything if you don't have dark vision. But very good for your gloom stalkers who are invisible to creatures who you mm-hmm. rely on dark vision here. Uh, it also makes conversation only possible by yelling. So telepathy, you know, hey, that's starting to look a little bit, you know, a bit of a nicer option. <laughs> Although uh, yelling can only go up to a maximum distance of 10 feet. Yeah. So and, well, would thaumaturgy make that 30 feet? I guess. Or is that only like the maximum's only 10, no matter how loud no, you get? No, I, I think you can like boost it. Okay. But the, everyone now wants thaumaturgy to even be able to hear each other. So, I mean, Bedlam, Bedlam's not quite as bad. Bedlam, again, because okay. all of the, the, you know, these gate towns have to be places that, you know, can do some sort of trade. Um, but yeah, it's a windy town for sure. In fact, there's some areas of the town that are so like designed to be like wind tunnels that you can, you can do like, like flight simulation in them the wind like kind of is turned and blow upwards and you can like like float and do like fun stunts and stuff in them um but yeah it's, it's very noisy the whole town is essentially like uh like you're at a rock concert in a like 
underground bar. Everyone's like, and what? it's like, yeah, yeah, the music's cranked up to eleven. Um, and yeah, you're having to constantly it's shout like, to order yeah. drinks and, you know, person next to you is like saying something, but you're only catching a bit of what they're saying and you're reading their lips a bit, but it's still fun. It can still be a good time. Bedlam yeah, but there's also a lot be. of people who are going to steal your wallet there. Yeah. Well, maybe. And who don't really have the best intentions, you know, maybe, but a maybe lot of you're going to steal some wallets while you're like there too. <laughs> maybe. But I also feel like it's like a party at like a bar, or like when you're like, rave too late at night and then you like go to the next town over and it's like that uh, that light 3 a.m yeah, in the you, morning you come out, no matter what time you come out of bedlam it's always too bright outside yeah exactly uh bedlam's bedlam is yeah also uh, pretty and, dark and after you come out too your ears are ringing for a while yeah uh and it's like hard to hear Don't stuff feel outside and and yeah there's almost a good chance i sort of feel like you leave bedlam and and immediately, like the hangover starts to set in. Yeah. No matter how little you consumed while you were there, um, but it does seem like a place that if you lean into it, if you want to lean into the party, um, yeah, like big mosh pits and like I said, like stunt diving off cliffs into like this gusts of wind, and there's like there's like fun things going on there. Definitely. It's, it doesn't have to be pure evil. No, no, this is like one of the least evil places in the lower yeah. plains, yeah. but still malicious and insane. Uh, but the creatures but that describes that describes so many bars. Yeah, but still, that I really a like of, that are fun. It's more evil than limbo, let's say, because it, yeah. it is. Uh, creatures have disadvantage on any ability check that relies on hearing here. So you're werewolves. But it's about it's about being so street smart. It's, it's, about, it's true. It's about you know going with some friends and not picking fights with the biggest guy in the room. This is hardly a good place, though. Um, the good places were boring. It's true. This is more interesting, admittedly. Most of the plane's inhabitants are creatures that were banished to the plane with no hope of escape, and many have been driven mad um, until winds die down, uh, until they sound like distant cries of torment. Uh, optional rule here, mad winds, if you want to give it some mechanics, they've written it down for you here in the DMG. Chapter 2, a visitor must make a, so natural born, maybe don't need to make this save, or people who are born, you're sent here eventually. Uh, but if you're a visitor... Uh, you must make a DC 10 wisdom save after each hour spent amongst the howling winds. So every hour you're here uh, on a failed save, the creature gains one level of exhaustion. Uh, but if you gain six, you don't die. Instead, you gain a random form of indefinite madness. Yeah, that's fun. So easy way to get your characters mad. So once you get the madness then, do you like reset to zero exhaustion? Uh, no, I still think you're at six. But instead of dying, you're just like always, well... How, how does it even work? Then every, every hour you pick up another madness or? Um, no, maybe it resets to zero. And then you go through another six hours. It's like an hour up. where like you can't move and like you're shaking. And There's indefinite madness. So you carry these ones for, with you for a while, which is fun. And it resets. Okay, um, I could see that. Yeah, Finishing yeah. a long rest does not reduce your exhaustion level unless you can somehow escape the madness. What about ones. greater restoration? Uh, nope. Oh, well, yeah, greater restoration would. Yeah. But not long rest. Long rest don't. Unfortunately. So, unless you have, like, some Liamman's tiny hut, maybe? That could help. Or to Mordekainen's magnificent mansion? That's a lot higher level magic. <laughs> well, you're not going to these places without, like, some equipment. Maybe. You check into the, your, your mansion every night and cast Greater Restoration on yourself. Yeah. But I imagine just, like, something rolling through these caverns. And, like, it's like, you know how there's, like, a car and, like, a one-way, like, if, like, it's like a one-way street, but cars go both directions. You know? You gotta, like, back up. And like let others through. It's so annoying. Um, but are you ready to go to a place a little bit more chaotic and evil? Yeah, this one. This one is a. Uh, this one's like in the midst of a ongoing blood war. Yeah, the abyss. Your classic mindless evil. 
in many cases. Yeah, and look, we haven't really gotten to the deep description of some of these places, like because some of them are like actually really big, and mm. this one in particular is famed for having like six hundred layers. Isn't it well, some nickname say infinite, the infinite layers? Maybe I though I've also heard it at having six hundred and sixty six layers. That's not bad as well. Um, um, but some of them are like kind of like cool layers. I actually think some of them are neat. There's like a maze layer that's run by Baphomet, right? yeah, the, the Minotaur, the Minotaur God, God. the King of Beasts. And I kind of think, there. okay, look, I'm not. There's not every part of the abyss I want to go to, but. And there's so much like lichen, like cool fungal growth everywhere. Like I feel like this is like underdark to the max. You but know? Doing doing the maze running thing could be fun. Yeah. You know, might be nice. But you want to hear the description Doesn't, for it? Don't minotaurs have some sort of like maze tracking maze, sense? Maze yeah, sense thing? Like, couldn't that be like uh, they're immune to the maze spell? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But the abyss embodies all that is perverse, gruesome, and chaotic. It is virtually endless. Uh, it's virtually endless layers again. Maybe six, six, six. Spiral downward into ever more appalling forms. Each layer of the abyss boasts its uh, own horrific environment, like their own, like again, subcultures within you know one place. I feel like this is like the United States of the Outer Plains. You know, it's like there's <laughs> ouch. I mean, a bit no of no okay. offense I mean, to yeah, our yeah. American well, listeners. Ouch. And the idea no, that there's like a bunch of like different states. And the idea that there's like different states and states the have their own cultures and. Not in the evil side per no, se, but it's not like that. It's yeah, it's just the idea that there's like a whole bunch of different things going there's, on. There's, you know? there's, there's, and then it's very, very you big. Could, you could call that like you know your, the European Union, even sure. There's a conglomeration of different nations working underneath one big baddie. Yeah. Is that really true though? Is there is there one solid demonic leader? I, uh, I do not think they're all I'm ruled kind of by their own here. like you know. Yeah, like, like some of the ones that are in here, and I'm looking in Mordecai's. Uh, Tome of Foes, you know we got we got Jublix. Mm. We got I believe his is called the uh, Death Dells Triple Realm. One of those maybe we got Orcus. Orcus I believe has Thanatos. That's his lair. Yinogu. Uh, is that maybe that's the Death Dells uh, isn't or the Gaping Maw? Isn't that guy that have something to do with Knowles? Right? Yeah, he's like the god of Knowles. I think that's the Death. I, I have a couple here. The uh, Death Dells. Yo, yeah, Yonagu rules a layer of ravines known as the Death Dells. Here, creatures must hunt to survive. This is like a twisted version of the Beastlands in my eyes. Yeah, there's a Demogorgon down here. Uh, plants which must bathe in you know roots of blood, snare the unwary. Like this place sucks. Demogorgon All of these places made, suck. made famous by uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, gaping. Yeah. He lives in the gaping maw. Um, that's fun. Where even the most powerful demons go insane with fear. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. Yeah, all so, of these places kind of suck. Yeah, yeah. This I I'm not recommending this one as a travel destination per se. Um, mm. But yeah. Uh, so what would its little port town be called? It's called Plague Mort. Yeah, that's also and, sucks. <laughs> and yeah, like I, oh, I mean the name Plague Mort makes you think that i mean mort is death uh you plague, know, plague is, is, is a disease that's like, like two of the evil horsemen yeah. right there for you yeah, no, where are the other four um where's, where two? where's pestilence and war i'm sure those are here as two. well trust um, me but yeah i don't i can't i'm not quite sure what this this end of town the end of the the yeah. plains look like honestly even i would have to say the that this is, makes you like go oh yeah this place does like, suck it, you know a lot of the, a lot of the borderland they've been wandering around look pretty good and then you get to this one and this one is a mess like yeah this one is 
is the, a lot of trailer park. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of like burnt No, out. no. This is way worse than that. Are you kidding me? This is a lot of like, of really like the... the this is like the... Scum slumlord. The militarized zone between... <laughs> you bombed out shells of buildings. Like you're gonna ki- sort of get killed like, anywhere you I go. I sort of feel like those who are trying to like live here who aren't demons, right? They've got like the worst landlords. Like they've got demonic yeah. landlords. These guys, the all buildings suck. are like you know really horrible. Um, the demogorgon is insane. I'm and... sort of like wondering why though you'd end up, you know, what what would have you living in? Like who would like living here? Orcus is like has there control are, over undead. Are like, so demons. As well. So as I look through the book, though, like demons yeah. have got different, um, sort of a different hierarchy, right? Like you evolve as a demon, the more sort of success you have, the more you sort of rise up in demonic power, right? So I'm thinking like this is like middle class, like like you know demons who have earned a little bit of like extra space and reprieve. They can kind of be here in in Plague Mort, and they can make little excursions to you know some of the surrounding towns like bedlam and stuff mm. you know because it's nicer there i suppose perhaps the nicest part of but the I abyss Plague is the place you leave plague mort's a place you leave from not go to yeah but you want to know perhaps the most plague mort like place that's not so insane fire kill death awful the triple realm by the dark prince gradst if you're familiar with tasha's culture of everything this is kind of her boyfriend um, and like the spell section, there's like her talking to someone in the mirror. That's right. Grazd. He rules over the realm of Azagrat, which encompasses the three layers of the abyss. Uh, three, only three. Um, he he has like more of a, like he's sort of more charming. And there's like city with bustling Marcus and gross word here pleasure palaces, which draw visitors See, uh, from across not the multiverse. Also bad. In search of obscure magical lore and perverse delights. The thing is, it, pleasure at whose expense, though? Yeah. These places, you know, it, somebody's having a good time, but a lot of people are suffering. And that good time really isn't great, though, you know? Like, it makes you feel some, like, it doesn't make you feel very good. Um, again, though, at any time, he could banish someone into a maze-like city and forests whose trees have serpents for branches. Not great. Um, I kind of want to get out of here and into... Our next place, chaotic evil slash neutral evil. Wait, what? What does that mean? Isn't, oh yeah, so this is moving away from chaos and a little bit more to neutrality, but still fairly evil. Um, Carceri. It is the prison plane, right? Yeah, and I've, I've got a cool idea for how this, this border town, this gate oh, yeah? town works. Uh, well, let's talk a little about the plane itself and then right. we can get to some of the border plane part of it. Oh, bah. Come on, I didn't even touch on the Abyss's rules. It's got corruption stuff, look it up. There's a bunch of lore on the layers as well. It's stuff like Yonagu, Graz, Baphomet, Lolth, Orcus, all of them. Yeah, they suck. It, there's a good chance that your DM might drag you into the Abyss if you're a sort of higher level, and, and good luck to you. It's, yeah. It's going to be sucky as can be. But this is where we're sort of thinking, these aren't vacation destinations. Some of these places... Are adventure destinations. Yeah, well, or as if you're an adventurer, we just call that going to work. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Carceri is the model for all other prisons in existence. It is the prison dimension uh, or plane or whatever you want to call it. Carceri is a plane of desolation and despair. This says it has six layers, um, one of vast bog, fetid jungles, windswept deserts, jagged mountains, frigid oceans, and black ice. Fun. Uh, kind of gives me Inferno, Dante's Inferno vibes itself there, especially with the black ice at the very bottom. Uh, all form of 
uh, a miserable home for the traitors and backstabbers that are trapped on this prison plane. No one can leave Carceri easily, at least. Uh, magical efforts to leave, uh, other by you know wish, simply fail. Uh, portals and gates that open become one way only. Secret ways out of the plane exist, but they're hidden and well guarded by traps and deadly monsters. So perhaps the party has been trapped in Carceri and they must escape. And they don't have access to wish for some reason. Uh, so the little gate town for this place is called Cursed. It's spelled C-U-R-S-T. Right. Um, and I sort of imagine it like it's it's a town that's it's sort of divided uh, where half of it is completely, you know, the sealed uh, around the the little gate that leads into the inescapable Carceri. So you, even though you can come out through that gate, you can't pass into the other side of Cursed. Um, it's a bit like, I imagine it like a prison visiting visitor center where there's that little like glass wall and little phone booth sort of thing. And, and people can come and like kind of visit, like come to Cursed and say, hey, I want to talk to so-and-so. <laughs> and they go and they grab you to your prison cell. And for 10 minutes, uh, you get to have a chit chat. And then they like say, all right, time's up. And they drag you back down. Yeah, uh, and so that's that's about all you can do in Cursed is visit people who are trapped in Cursary. But hey, that might still be something you want to do because maybe maybe that person was wrongly trapped there. Yeah, I could see a fun prison break adventure coming from this place as or, well. Or or they just you know, it just you just need to get information from them somehow, mm. and you promise to do things for them on this side of things. Yeah, like yeah. a kingpin style thing yeah. if you're familiar exactly. with Daredevil type vibe. Interesting. I like it. Uh, the optional rule is that you can't leave. Yeah, that doesn't seem like an optional rule. That except I wish. Um, except that there are secret end exits, perhaps, as a DM that you can allow. Maybe through Cursed. <laughs> exactly. Moving on, I believe this is the very, very bottom. So this is the pure evil, neutral evil, as they call it in the mm. alignment wheel. Hades. The gray waste of Hades. Gives you Greek vibes in the name itself. Yeah, yeah. But this is not necessarily just like that, you know, dark palace where the King Hades lives. This is more like a, like three, it calls it three layers of, called three glooms with no joy, hope, or passion. Just gray I get it's more of a Shadowfell vibe off of that. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about how um, in Arborea, we kind of, or even the Beastlands, we kind of got some Fae Mm. Wildland vibes. Um, This place gives me the opposite. It gives me that Shadowfell gloomy gray despair depression. well i imagine this is just like like acid rain lightning in the sky you know fire rain um just on empty gray wastes that stretch yeah. forever like there's nothing here there's no mountains there's no ravines it's just like slight inclines and declines of yeah. just gray nothing um it describes this place as the place where many souls that are unclaimed by gods of the upper plains or the fiendish rulers of the lower planes go. These souls become larvae, and we'll get into the rule how that happens, and spend eternity in a place that lacks sun, moon, stars, or seasons, leeching away their color and emotion. This gloom becomes uh, is more than most visitors can stand. Uh, it is a cr- it's crawling with larvae. Imagine all these empty gray wastes just crawling with grubs with faces screaming at you constantly. The fun thing I like about this, though, the, my favorite flavor part about this, is that night hags, liches, and rakshasas harvest them uh, for use in vile rituals. So maybe that's a cool spell, something. Start including larvae from the plane of Hades uh, as like a component, you know? Uh, other fiends like to feed on them. 
So you might see pit fiends here, you know, flying across the lands, just picking off little sure. larvae and having some lunch. Well, and, and in its border town, which is called Hopeless, <laughs> right? Um, that is pretty much the sole businesses that are running. Oh, selling larvae? Yeah, it's that's the sort of one of the main trade that sort of goes on in the town. The rest of the town is a lot of like, you know, buildings that, you know, have got, you know, the windows boarded over. Uh, you see a lot of like, if you see people in the streets, it's often them packing up a cart to leave town. Um, people are look like the whole town is always gray. It's always overcast here. There is very little color in anybody's clothes or the storefronts. It's all just gray slates and granite stone. Um, it's always a bit like rainy and damp. And, uh, and yeah, like you, you might catch glimpses of people like looking through their curtains, but you don't see a lot of people. And then like the, they withdraw inside. So the only, the only things you're going to find here are a few places where, you know, the, the folk from Plague Mort, uh, down the road, a little ways have come because Compared to Plague Mort, actually, Hopeless isn't so bad. Hopeless has got some pretty good grub. Yeah, they got some good snacks, good if snacks, anything. Good grubs. Gross larvae people, which, if you want to know how those things come to be, let me share with you the optional rule called Vile Transformation. I wonder if, oh, wait, before we get to that, I wonder if there's, like, packages where people go, yeah, visit the Outer Plains, you know, and, like, it's, like, secretly, like, a night hag, like, tricking people to going to, like, the, the uh, like, Hades and well, then they like fail their saves you, and you might, get turned into like a little grub might, to be eaten. You and might sold. need to be doing a deal with a night hag where, again, then heading to a town like Hopeless and a place like that to pick up some of the stuff rather than going deep into Hades itself. Yeah. Might be way easier as a DM also to run an adventure. Um, so dealing with some NPCs, a bit of RP, stuff like that that's a gross and weird and depressing and all these things and challenging. Uh, more of a skill challenge thing rather than sending them into Hades, which sounds like like a trip nobody should have to make. Mm. Hades is the place you want to leave from. It's a godless place. It's godforsaken almost. There's no one in Hades. Yeah. It's, really. It's like the fiend gods don't want to touch it. The upper planes have nothing to do with it. It's just evil, uh, you know, unaligned evil. Um, but... How does someone get turned into a larvae, you may ask? Well, the optional rule for vile transformation gives us a little bit of insight into that. At the end of every long rest on the plane, uh, a visitor must make a DC 10 wisdom save. On a failure, it gains a level of exhaustion. This gives me, you know, immediately pandemonium vibes, but instead of gaining madness, uh, once you reach six levels of exhaustion, you instead permanently transform into larva, where, or upon all levels of exhaustion are removed. Uh, and I suppose you don't make them do anymore you, do you get to retain uh, your ability to speak no nope oh well oh you can you understand the language you knew in life but you can't speak oh fun your all your stats basically become negative except for wisdom and charisma uh, and constitution your charisma becomes two uh all you can do is bite which deals one damage fun and that's it you become a neutral evil fiend good times uh Pretty defenseless as well. A, and possibly a snack. Armor class 9, 20 foot crawling speed. Yeah, like this is a place that there's a 50-50 chance that you're getting exhaustion. Yeah. And if you leave your players here long enough, they are all going to be turned into... Larva. Larva. Uh, so yeah, It is they, a miserable fiend that retains the facial features of its previous form, um, but has the body of a fat worm. A larva has only a few faint memories of its previous life and the statistics in the larva stat block. And but, there's no but way but to like reverse said, it. Though, however... The Listed. other thing Maybe about this wish. plane, though, 
is it is relatively empty. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like there is a, there's a sort of a, okay, I need a, we need a place that nobody's going to find us for a while. Mm. Like this is sort of like, you know, there's not apart from the chance of turning into a larva, there's not actually not a lot that's going to. Well, there's a couple pit fiends and hags and liches scouring the land to see anything on the surface because sure. there's no cover. All right. Well, I suppose that, that sucks then. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Don't want to go here. Moving on. <laughs> moving on to something perhaps a little bit more worth your time. Gehenna. Yeah, not spoken about this place very much. Like, no, people, this is another people, one of This one doesn't ones. come up very often. Travel brochures for this place have not been so well designed. Um, maybe we can help them out. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit of a weird one. I believe it's like entirely sloped. Like the minimum incline is 45 degrees everywhere. Yeah, it's like uphill both directions. Yeah. You're always walking uphill. You're always walking uphill. And it's slippery. And you turn around and you think, oh, I'm going to be going downhill. Nope, you're still going uphill. Um, it's called the black, the bleak eternity. Mm, yeah. But the whole point is that everything is like fighting where it to be either above or below each other. So there's constantly power dynamics literally in the way the plane is like constructed. Because everything is literally higher or lower than something else, depending on where it is in the plane. Uh, fun concept there. If you're familiar with Eucaloths, this is where they're from. Um, yeah. This is their birthplace. Those weird Arcanoloth, Yugoloth, you know, whatever. Many different versions of them. Uh, I'm sure if you look through any sort of Volo's Guide or any Monster's Manual, you'll see some Oloths. And you'll be like, what the heck is that? It is a fiend from Gehenna. Not quite demon. Not quite devil. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about it. It's Port Town. Uh, torch. Uh Again, just a a town that that seems to have like way too much hill and steps and things in it, um, and that yeah, y- your movement's always a bit slower. Uh, you can't help but sort of wonder why is there so many stairs? Why am I always going upstairs in this place? And it kind of makes you um, devoid of mercy or compassion, which is also the whole idea is that you lost are kind of greedy, and that fiends living here are among the greediest and most selfish in all the universe. A multiverse, it says multiverse. Jeez. Uh, the rule here also plays to that cruel hindrance where it makes people, it makes it difficult to help each other. Um, whenever a visitor casts a spell with a beneficial effect, uh, including a spell that restores hit points or removes a condition, the caster must first make a DC 10 charisma save. Uh, on a failed save, the spell fails, the slot, the slot is expended, and the action is wasted. So you waste your whole turn if you can't make a charisma save, DC 10. Yeah. Which really sucks makes fights here a whole lot more annoying for your support. Yeah. It, it, it's sort of like, while visiting Torch, no one will, will take No one's going to help you. Nobody's going to take the help action. Nobody holds doors for anybody. Um, if you want to cross the road, nobody's going to stop uh, their cart. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll let you go across. Nope. They, everybody's is in a bit of a, a hurry, a bit pushy. They see um, you struggling up the stairs. They're pushing past you. Yeah. They're like, honk, honk, get out of the way. Um, and yeah, there's absolutely no way here to get any customer service. No. Uh, if you, if you've bought something and it's broken or, you know, you want to sort of try and get, no, nobody's going to your refunds. There's no give it, no gives you backsies. There's no aftermarket support. There's nothing. Mm. Nope. Yep. Uh, so it, it does though break the, beg the question of, of why, you know what is it we could we put in a town like this that would be a reason to go there like what would Our be- loss we who want 
you know they're greedy they want more they want more power could you give them the idea that you're getting power in exchange for knowledge in exchange for their support in some way um, understanding that they could backstab you at any moment um, and that support is kind of against their very nature but perhaps there's something to be gained through that or perhaps fending them off even you know some way of like going to like saying like oh this we'll help you get rid of this other problem if you give us this you know you go up to an Arcanoloth who's been having some sort of rivalry with someone who's also your enemy perhaps there's a, a deal to be struck there you know but I imagine there's very powerful Loth creatures um, which have information in many cases um, which could be gathered you know I, this gives me the vibes though a little bit of thinking about um, the drow culture right mm. which is typically also described as you know very sort merciless of, yeah yeah um, but then, you know, you get the Dritz stories and you start to recognize that there is no way any society can run completely that way without somebody at somewhere giving way a bit, right? Yeah. And so, okay, so we want to try and picture a society that is a little bit tougher and meaner and, and people don't yield so much, but eventually somebody does somewhere. Like, it still has to. And you sort of like, it's just, I think it'd be harder going for those who are, used to a higher level of cooperation but even no matter where you go you have to there's no way any society works without at least a little bit of cooperation between yeah. people um there's got to be a little bit alliances that uh, exactly last people even perhaps days enough and even to if create it's something. even if it's because if you're they're purely working for compensation right that that's just i do these things for you because i get paid to do these things yeah. and it's the money that matters to me not any other purpose or, or cause but still if you pay people to all do something that you want to have them do you are still working together in a sense right like there's it's not that everybody here is completely incapable of collective action they they can work uh together so maybe again if you show up with the right amount of coin you can get some. This is this is a place where people are yeah. like, yeah, uh, I am very much interested in money. I don't care much about you or the the cause or the purpose or what we're doing. So yeah, if you, especially if you're looking for unscrupulous people who or hitmen or yeah, exactly yeah. who are willing to do something that mm, a lot of other people might not. This would be torch probably be the place you could buy people. Yeah, dark market, you know. Yeah, in it's some sense, definitely black markety sort of stuff. People with low scruples and yeah selfish and selfish i think we could read in this as you know either materially driven or maybe you're right there's a sense of power or one-upmanship or something um going on so that probably if you're going to make a place like torch work uh or even i mean and i can't say i mean gaena the thing about the planes gaena is you know it, it doesn't have to be a functioning society because the whole rules of planes of existence can are be, weird yeah. yeah so just you know you could assume that that place is there a top is, of the slope is there a bottom of the slope exactly it, it doesn't need physics it doesn't need you know r rules that we understand in the material plane it can be whatever yeah but yeah hmm. moving on from gehenna to perhaps the most famous of the planes the nine hells yeah descent to avernus mad max meets D D. but there's so much more to avernus you know you got these juggernauts you got these like big mechanical like things that you can drive around in there's like super like the super fun things happening in avernus and there's a cool story and we get all this stuff yeah. so yeah nine hells already is probably one of the most visited 
if mm. in the game just because we have an adventure set there it's true we have a, a you know a setting that um that many many D players have have played have, yeah gone to although some people have criticisms for the first part of before you even get to hell so honestly hell may be the best part of that adventure but lawful evil plane I have a little song. I don't actually have a song. Imagine what? if I had a song for all the different little layers. That'd you try so to cool. remember them all? Like a, like a mnemonic device sort of thing? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I could... No. Like I'm not going to No. Forget it. No. Uh, no. No, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's a... Uh, you know what it's a uh, little gate town's called? What's it called? Ribcage. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> don't even... How does it have that name? Ribcage. Well, if you want to know, it's called the Nine Hells of... Bator, Bator, yeah, B-A-A-T-O-R. Yeah. That is their name. It's not like the the nine layers of. Well, actually, it is called the nine hells, but it's not like the. Yeah, it's the nine hellish hells layers. Of, it's, you know? it's really should almost be called Bator then. The nine layers, you know. Yeah, I mean, the it's funny hells. we call it the nine hells, but we don't call the other ones like I was saying. Like they've got names like we don't call it the six hundred sixty six layers of the abyss, the Olympian know? glades. Yeah. You know, the Twin Paradises. But Those are like just the subtitle iconic, names. You know? The Nine Hells, instead of being the subtitle names, seem to be the elevated to the, the full name, which is unusual amongst the planes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what's with this Bator guy? I think that's just the name of the place. Yeah, it's just a place. It's, it's just a place. You know, there's New York and New York City, you know? Yeah. And that Bator is New York, and the Nine Hells are kind of New York City, but... Okay. Right. Let me take you through each of the Nine Hells districts. Yeah, what are the Nine district. Boroughs? <laughs> yeah. Um, we start off, it, it's, it's like, this is like a pancake stack. This one is literally a pancake stack. Okay. If there was ever one, um, in many ways, starting with, although, again, imagine it differently if you please. Uh, Avernus. Again, you probably heard of this one. There's an adventure already in 5e uh, called Baldur's Gate, colon, Descent into Avernus. Right. And so it's descending into the first layer of... Oh, yes, yeah, so you're not going that deep, right? The thing with the Nine Hells is that there is no planar portal that connects directly to the lower layers of the Nine Hell by Asmodeus's orders. As such, the first layer of Avernus is the arrival point for visitors to the plain. Avernus is a rocky wasteland with rivers of blood and clouds of biting flies. Fiery comets occasionally fall from the darkened sky and leave fuming impact craters behind. Empty battlefields are littered with weapons and bones, showing where the legions of the Nine Hells met enemies on their native soil and prevailed. So, you think, where's the blood war fought? Usually on Avernus. Um, some of it, of course, isn't a battlefield, but most of it is. Uh, I believe Tiamat also has is a prisoner in Avernus. Um, spoilers? I don't know. It's in the description. Um, uh, but good thing to know as well, although Asmodeus is the ruler of all the lairs, um, he does sort of have generals, if you will, of each lair as well, um, which he's sort of appointed to maintain them. They're also trapped in, in many ways uh, into a some sort of pact with Asmodeus in some way. And if they betray him or spite him in any way, they're immediately s- replaced or smited, or punished eternally. Uh, but the Archduchess Zariel rules Avernus, supplanting her rival, Bell, who had, again, fell out of favor, a favor with Asmodeus, and now is forced to serve as Zariel's advisor. I don't... This could be a little bit of... Actually, you know, I'm not even talking about Zariel, but Zariel is super sick. If you've ever know anything about her, uh, she is very, very, very cool. One She's of my on favorite. Uh, she is on the cover. She's the one with bald... A, like halo of Reaching flames. Reaching for the sword. Yeah, very, very, very cool. 
one of my favorite. She had a weird design at first, but I like how they've redesigned her now. Um, her seat of power is soaring bezalt citadel, festooned with the partially incinerated corpses of guests who failed to earn her favor. She appears as an angel whose once beautiful skin and wings have been ruined by fire, uh, and her eyes burn with furious white light that can cause creatures, even just looking at her, to burst into flame. Um, this one still gives you classic hell vibes, you know, noxious clouds, hell-swept earth, um, but they're like most of the layers of hell, there are bastions of civilization uh, that do exist where creatures live um, normally. You know, but again, hard to live here. I'm I'm sort of thinking that for the the town of Ribcage, is sort of on the edge of things. That um, that this is like more of like a real like tiefling town. Yeah, I could see that. Right, and and we've got some variant rules with with tieflings, right? Mm. where depending on what type well, of... Well, this is actually where a lot of warriors go as well in the plains. Yeah? They fight with, yeah, demons, low-level demons. Um, they typically fight here, um, although this is this is sort of what gives balance to the blood war. Just to give a quick summarization, uh, the devils usually fight here because they're better than the demons uh, in the fact that they are more tactically uh, apt, they are more magically apt, the demon lords really don't care to work together at all to win this war, but the sheer numbers of the creatures coming from the abyss are enough to counter the immensely powerful forces of the hells uh, who live here, and so they typically fight on the grounds of the nine hells. Creatures who die, you know, fiends who die on the nine hells, as you're maybe aware, creatures that die on their home plane typically die in real life, die for realsies, but these fiends that keep coming just, you know, are reborn on the abyss. And they keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And that's where the balance sort of inlays, uh, is that fiends are constantly trying to recruit new larvae, new whatever, into imps, which then are promoted into bone devils and whatever, and some crazy hierarchical, bureaucratic structure uh, that just goes up and up and up and up, uh, with Asmodee sitting sure. at the very, very top. And, and I'd like to sort of think that in Ribcage as well, that there is sort of neighborhoods, burrows almost in that neighborhood that are kind of the same. You've got... You know, all these sort of tiefling sort of sub-races. And there's a bit of competition in the and town de- amongst demons and devils as well. Yeah, and maybe, and yeah, and there's some there's some interplay between that. And of course, being a, a Borderlands town, there'd be other humanoids and creatures wandering mm-hmm. through. But, you know, you got your Asmodeus neighborhoods and your Bailey Well, that Bump, one's the craziest and one. Your, and your Dispater and your Fierna. Well, we'll get into some of the layers uh, as well. Glazia... Levistus, these are all... Those are the names of people who yeah, rule. And right. these are all like Tiefling and Mammon, and what's the other one? Mis- Those are people who rule. And Zeriel. But they're also all Tiefling sub-races. Yeah, but the the fact that they're, they're named that is that's because they're, they get their, that's where they get their lineage from. Right, and I sort of just think that, again, these town ideas are supposed to be trying to draw a little bit from the various planes Rules that they're connected planes, to. Yeah. So the idea of like making it a Tiefling town and having lots of these sort of people you know, very much at home in these places and their neighborhoods are very much connected to these. It might be kind of a fun way to, to run Ribcage. Yeah, but again, Avernus, one of the best, well, not best, most popular. We then get to Dis. How many ribs are in a ribcage? Um, let's say nine. Is it nine? No, that makes no sense. Why would crazy. you have uneven number of ribs? Dis, the second layer of hell, is a big iron Has, city of eyes where people watch each other. apologies to all the medical students out there um, who are just rolling their eyes at us right now. Eight, ten, something like that. His crimson throne, so Dispater, I believe, is the one who rules Dis. Uh, a master manipulator and deceiver. Uh, he's devilishly handsome. 
no pun intended, bearing only small horns, a tail, and a cloven left hoof to distinguish him from human. So he's very human looking. Um, but his crimson throne stands in the heart of the city of iron, a hideous metropolis, just the largest um, in the nine hells. So the biggest city, if there was a capital, it would be this one. You know, it's not where the ruler's emperor, true emperor's palace is, but it is where, you know, most of the action happens in the nine hells. Well, at least in terms of city. Uh, big home for night hags, rakshasas, incubi, succubi, and other fiends. Uh, Dispater collects piece of every deal through provisions that are added to contracts uh, signed on his layer of the nine hells. Uh, he is one of the Asmodeus' most loyal and resourceful vas- v- vessels. Vassals? Uh, being one of the few in the multiverse that can outwit him, but he is sort of a big deal maker. We then get to Minoros, nothing to do with the Minotaurs, um, but it is a stench-ridden bog where acidic rain spills from brown skies, you know, thick layers of scum, you know, cover the putrid surface. You know, it's pretty gross down here. Um, you know, there's um, ten ribs and two floating ribs. <laughs> floating ribs. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm. Those of you at home, uh, uh, just uh, Googled my answer to my own question there. Uh, you know, the rib cage isn't nine ribs. So maybe one's been ripped off, perhaps, in the nine layers of hell? Wasn't that an Adam and Eve thing? That a rib was ripped off? They took one of Adam's e- ribs to make Eve. Ooh, so he has nine ribs. It's the nine layers of hell. I don't know. Bum, bum, bum. Are we reading too much into this? I don't know, folks. Uh, I'm just sorry. I'm just it's trying like to figure out why cities. this town might be called Ribcage. I don't know what that means, including the great city of Minotaur uh, Roast. But the whole idea is that Mammon, who is super wealthy, has his own palace, hoards all the wealth that he literally doesn't spend a dime on his like the plane he rules. And so it's pretty much all a waste except for his little domain um, is the whole idea. Everyone, like the wage gap here is one person has 100% of the wealth and everyone else has 0%. That's a fair way to do it. Yeah, honestly, how all society should be ruled. Uh, people often try and borrow money from him, but will end up in lifelong debt because of deals with him. He's that sort of guy. Flegos is, you're imagining fiery hell. This is that fiery hell. Um, magma hot, hurricanes, choking smoke, gives you, you know, plenty of fire vibes, but kind of amped up with like fire that kind of hates you now. Um, there's giant calderas, volcanoes. Um, there's a fortress city called Abrikiamok. Um, of obsidian dark glass. Um, I think there are two people who rule here, uh, Archduke Belial and Archduchess Fierna, uh, Belial's daughter. Belial is handsome, and uh, Fierna is, it says, the statuesque devil whose beauty encases the blackest heart in the Nine Hells. And they are allied, allied together. Stygia is freezing there's, there's ice. Also write-ups, oh, so there's also write-ups. So there's write-ups about all of these mm. also in, in Morden uh, Canaan. Yeah, so if you want to dig into it a little bit more, um, especially if you if you were thinking about playing a tiefling, this, and you wanted to, to yeah, and you wanted to sort of to say, okay, yeah. yeah, I want to be. Uh, I like From the now, Flegos of course, like look, Stygia. I know after Tasha's, you can move your ability scores anywhere, but if you want to sort of stick to some of the stuff that's in here. Um, you know, Fierna, for example, grants tieflings tied to her forceful personalities. Your ability score increases, your charisma score increases by two, your wisdom score increases by one, and then you get this legacy of Phlegathos. Uh, you know, the friends cantrip. 
Uh, when you reach third level, you can cast Charm Person. It's so, sort of flavored after the rulers. Yeah. And so it's kind of good to understand who the rulers are and where your powers might come from. And and again, if you wanted a backstory like, oh, yeah, I grew up in Torch or something, might be kind of a fun way to or do it. Or you mean Ribcage. Or grew up in Ribcage. Um, yeah. Don't want to grow up in Torch. Yeah. Nobody grows up in Torch. Um, yeah. But you, maybe, yeah, you grew up in a tiefling neighborhood in, in Ribcage, but you were one of those kind of like... Again, I was saying, like, not every society can be full of completely evil people. A lot of the tieflings that live in Ribcage are nice folks. And, yeah, your parents maybe weren't so bad. But you still had to get out of that town because it was, like, terrible. So, hey, here you are. Mm. You know, it could be a fun way to do a backstory rather than, you know, whatever. You, I don't know. just might be a, a different way to go about. Especially if you were trying to build a sub-race tiefling that's more connected back to one exactly. of Exactly. Or a little bit more unique. Yeah. Stygia. Moving on, we're going to speed run these quickly. This is like a frozen one. Levistus is cold. He's kind of trapped forever, but he makes deals like help him get escaped eventually. What are you going to do a song um, with all these? <laughs> no. Uh, Malboge, the sixth layer, has many rulers who have fallen in out of favor. Of um, it's kind of crumbling apart a little bit. Glazia is the current ruler. Malboge, um, lots of like deafening avalanches of stone, giant mountains, um, but there are. There's the Hag Countess who was outthroned by Moloch, who was then outthroned and now turned into an imp somewhere. It there says, is so much lore for this place. Mm. It's crazy compared to the other ones. Then Maladomi, uh, which is different, which has Beelzebub, Lord of Flies. Um, so he's a bit kind of stinky uh, a little bit, but he likes it rather than Garyon. I don't know if it's stink. It's just gross. He's, he's bloated, though, yeah. um, as an some, enormous slug. There's some good slug. pictures of him in the book. Yeah, Gross. Um, he sucks as well. And then, Nes- uh, Kenya, sorry, then eight is Icy Hellscape, not to be confused with Stygia, of course, um, whose ice storms can tear flesh from bone. There's Kane, uh, who's the ruler there? Uh, Mephistopheles, who I believe is the demon of magic, right. the devil of magic. And one of the cats, uh, in <laughs> the cats production, isn't no, it? No, nope. Don't Magical think so. Mr. Mistopheles? Yeah, but he, I believe he's like a magical sort of guy. What's, what's the name of this one? Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles, Mephistopheles. You could see how somebody could confuse those two. And then finally, the lowest layer is Nessus, uh, a dark pit uh, where Asmodeus's domain lays. Uh, He rules this place himself, uh, although he does rule everything as well. Mozart Asmodeus. He's your classic devil, you know? He played the piano, didn't he? Red, silver... You're sorry, red scepter, piercing red eyes, small horns, flowing robes. Your classic guy. Um, that's hell, though, for you. Yeah. Do a bit more reading it on if you want. That's where tieflings come from. Moving on. Well, they don't really come from there. We have, have got to speed up, man. They We're have some infernal. They have some infernal connections. So sure, like, they could don't... be a pact. Could be blood itself. Could right. be some Which relations. Which is why I sort of think, like you know, adjacent, like doing an adjacent hell's yeah. adjacent backstory might be. But better. if you really want to learn about hell, pick up Morningcane's Tomb of Foes. It's got an excellent section on there and how to play tieflings, how to run demons, devils. We only have, all we that. Only have one destination left. We got two actually. Do we? We have Acheron and Mechanus. Oh, so we'll so we'll speed those. through Acheron. Uh, Acheron is kind of like a four cubes which are always moving about and everyone fights oh, on right. them. Right, I see it. Hmm. Uh, the cubes sometimes collide, and when they collide, mingling sounds of armies also collide. Called the infinite battlefield. Yeah. You think this one will be more chaos and Carceria would be law, but no, they're flipped around for some reason. Um, Groomsh comes here. The goblinoid god of Maglubiet comes here as well. And so many of those goblinoid orcish, those types of races, come here to fight for eternity in the afterlife. 
Yeah. So this is like goblin heaven. Pretty much. Which moves us. And their their town, by the way, is called Rigus. Oh, right. Oh, right. Sorry. Yes. In the. It's goblin town. In I the guess. in between. Is that and orc, orc, orc hobgoblin, hobgoblin. You see, back in the day, Bugbear. back in the day, orcs and goblins were closer related. In five E, they kind of pulled them apart. Yeah, but, but here but, they're reunited in Acheron. Hey, and maybe in Regis as well. You sort of mm. like go, hey, uh, everybody's here. And kobolds actually were connected to, to them back in the days. Well, it's true. I mean, kobold is the word for goblin in, in German, German, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, eh. I think they should all be one happy family reunited yeah. uh, in Rigus. Uh, and again, maybe run it a bit like Ribcage with different different neighborhoods of, of goblinoids or whatever. But uh, yeah. Uh, the optional rule for here is Bloodlust, where um, you gain temporary hit points equal to half the hit point maximum of your own hit point maximum whenever you reduce creature as your hit points. Could be fun battle again slaughterhouse type thing. You want to do a full-on battlefield like Warhammer type style thing where like you're a single soldier in the masses this could be something like that yeah i mean rigus definitely has a thunderdome yeah uh then it's kind of crude and it's like you know goblin like uh invention type stuff like people bouncing off of springy things but yeah definitely a lot of fighting um and people having a, like the goblinoids are having a great time fighting and if you are sure. playing a goblinoid and you can in the game there's you can play bugbears and hobgoblins goblins galore this place could be a really hot travel destination. Yeah. You might think, oh yeah, damn, that, sign me up. Uh, you know, I will definitely take a long weekend in Rigus. That sounds like fun. Moving on though to Mechanus, our final plane. Yeah. This sounds like, the way this one describes. Pure neutral, or pure lawful, sorry. But also the words in it. Like Mechanus sounds like something mechanical. Mm. And it's also known as the clockwork Nirvana. Mm. I don't know if if Warforged go to heaven, <laughs> but if they do, it might be here. Yeah, maybe. On Mechanus, laws reflected in a realm of clockwork gears. This is sort of like the the cop, like this is like the police of the universe. Are they? Yeah, they've got crazy, insane, powerful robots which right wrongs and timelines and stuff like that. Uh, all interlocked and turning according to their measure. The cogs seem to be engaged in calculations so vast that no deity can fathom its purpose. Mechanus embodies absolute order and its influence can be felt on those who spend time here. Now, the inhabitants of Mechanus are known as Modrons, although other creatures can live here. They're kind of like spheres, cubes, shapes, given life moving around look like robotic things that go around they're kind of silly looking but whatever um they are the primary inhabitants and the plane is also home to the creator of them uh, a godlike being called primus who understands the machinations of the universe oh optimus primus <laughs> don't know where you <laughs> that's a weird connection maybe yeah transformers optimus prime goes to mechanus i was sort of thinking again if we depending on the setting you're playing if you're not doing an ebron thing and you're trying to like explain how and where your warforged sort of comes from gets its yeah, power maybe. or something from it could be mechanist um mechanist could this be this is a, also where the clockwork soul sorcerer sort of comes from as well uh yeah and it's got a it's got a cool little border town uh called automa automata 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 <laughs> uh automata <laughs> and now that you mentioned like the the policeness of the whole sort of thing order to it yeah i sort of feel like this is be like this could be like the town where you like you you go and like i i want to report a, a, an interplanar crime yeah and then they send a cr 23 insane killer robot 
That's literally what they do. Look it up. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but there's one of those things. It's it's insane looking, um, but yeah, scary. The optional rules here are perhaps the weirdest. Um, the first one, which I kind of don't like, is the law of averages, where all damage is the average damage. You don't roll for damage here. You just... Anything that normally does hey, 1d10 plus 5 DMs, is just as 10. DMs out there who are trying to speed up your battle, you can just do that with your monsters all the time. Especially if you've got a large group of monsters that do about the same amount of damage. You can have your big boss and people like that who are a little bit more... Roll, but all yeah. the minions just do but a little bit. But other ones, you know? just just take that just take standard number, yeah. just dish it out, like save the roll, save the time. I would move, change it. Move, move, move. Nah, critical, double it up, get done. Just go. Battles, battles need to, to be... You need to keep them going because they can drag. It's true. And then the final rule, imposing order at the end of every long rest. Uh, someone that isn't lawful neutral must make a saving throw uh, or their alignment changes. Again, not my favorite, but I like the law of average, averages one is a little bit cooler. And that ends our journey. We've blown over the hour mark. Yeah. Well, thank you folks for your and sticking with us for our special two-part tour of the outer planes how could it not have gone over i mean there is so much to see and do here it is true um we could have done this in we could have done this in four parts uh yeah so uh have a little think hopefully we've got something in here that's inspired your your dming uh or maybe your character building to sort of think hey if not from the plane itself maybe from one of the outland border towns here's some ideas of of you know, some backstory or some place I want to come either be from or go to. Um, yeah. Uh, use, use the, uh, use the outer planes to, to inspire your game. Absolutely. All right. See you later, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.